Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. My guest on today's podcast is my new friend, Bonnie Lyman. Welcome to the podcast, Bonnie. I'm glad to be here. Um, Listeners, I'll give you a little bit of an introduction so um, you'll know what we're going to talk about for the next roughly hour. Um, Bonnie lives in Spokane, Washington. Um, She's in her early 70s, just barely in the early 70s. Um, She has five children and 14 grandchildren. She's active Latter-day Saint and uh, started a life coaching business. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's bonnielyman.com. Um, she's going to talk about her journey of having six, five wonderful children, but as they became adults in the LDS faith, um, some of them took different paths that as parents, we weren't pretty, very excited about perhaps at first, some of them stepping away from the church. And our hope is this podcast will be helpful for you parents that are also walking this road. Bonnie's been walking this road for a while and she has the long view of this space and has a lot of different stories. And I, our, our joint prayers is as you hear Bonnie's story, will help you find peace and, and principles to keep the family relationship together, even if adult children aren't participating in the church. And also if you're a local leader or just looking for principles on pastoral care to help people feel loved and supported in their individual journeys, that Bonnie's story will help you. Um, Bonnie recently and her husband came home from a mission in Kenya, Africa, at least a few years ago, served there for 18 months. Um, and um, I, we may or may not hear a little bit about that, but um, she started this coaching business after the mission and I'm great. She has podcasts on her website and um, is doing really good work in our community. So with that, welcome to the podcast, Bonnie, and we'll turn it to you to share your story. Well, thank you, Richard, and I don't think I've ever received those kind of accolades before, so thank you. That built my confidence up. Um, We all have a story, and so mine is is just going to be different circumstances than yours, but in this life, we all go through hard things, and we all go through trials. And yet, I think we were raised, I wasn't even raised in the church. I'm a convert to the church. And I actually joined the church just about three months before I got married, but it was through meeting my husband who had been raised in the church that was uh, my introduction to this church and so of course I was madly in love with this person I was in my junior year of college he was about the same year and so I I um, had to decide if I used to use the phrase if he got hit by a truck and a Big Mac truck and was killed, would I still be interested in this faith, this religion, and Joseph Smith and that whole story? 
And so one thing I find interesting is that I I never had the lessons from the missionaries. And I met my husband, and I was going to Arizona State, and I was going to school, and I'd go to church every Sunday, and I was not a member. And nobody, it, it was a single adult ward on the ASU campus that I was attending. Nobody really said anything to me, which is so unlike our church. And I was never invited to any activities. But as I think about it, I just really believe in God being in all the details of our life. And I believe that that's how my exposure and acceptance of the gospel was supposed to happen. Because maybe if they'd been too friendly, I would have run off. But anyway, so um, after I graduated, I, I joined the church. It was in November, a couple of months later. I'd only been a member a couple of months, and so my husband and I were married, and a year later, we were sealed in the temple. We've been married 52 years, and marriage, you know, we go, we go into it as this person is going to make me happy, but that's not how it works. We are really responsible for our own happiness. And because I love my husband, yeah, I I want to do things that make him happy. But that doesn't mean I have to go against my values or even my desires or my beliefs um, to, to do that. But I, um, I believe that one of the most important concepts that the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us is to love people. And so it doesn't matter if they love us back. I mean, if you get in an abusive marriage, yeah, I, I don't say you stay in that. But, but even that, even if you had to leave that marriage, because of some abuse, you can still have compassion for that person. He's got th- that person had some issues that they could not resolve, and they were taking it out on you. Perhaps I can still love him, but not want to be married to him. And so, in doing that, in feeling compassion, I. I just live a better life. I don't live with with bitterness or that was years wasted of my life. It was years that I had the opportunity not only to learn some things, but to learn afterwards maybe how to love people, have compassion for people, at least not judge them. Um for for their behavior and, and that I could learn it no other way. So 
When I joined the church, my parents never supported me. In fact, I was accused by my brother of alienating our family and dishonoring our family. Now, I find that interesting because, as Richard mentioned, I'm a life coach that works with women that want to feel better. I keep changing my word, stop struggling in their relationships with their adult children. And one of the main things that they deal with is when people or their children leave the church. And I thought, isn't this interesting? My parents were dealing with that issue, but just in the opposite direction that I had joined this church. But, you know, as a child, because of that, I never really felt loved or accepted by my parents. And so my children that have left the church, I have two that have left the church. And I'll tell you a little bit more of my story in a few minutes about that. I, I want them to know I love them no matter what they do. And I feel that we are only able to do that. And we could maybe name it difficult children, to love difficult children, forgive difficult children, is because of the enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We have the redeeming power for the mistakes that we made, but there's also this enabling power that actually gives us power if we have the desire to love them no matter what they do. Now, I just have to throw this in. What keeps a lot of parents from doing that? They feel they are endorsing their their child's behavior but if we're going to get mad at somebody let's get mad at god or you know jesus christ offering this plan for us to have our agency so having our agency means i get to choose my children get to choose right or wrong the values that they want to have or follow in their life. So I believe we are either loving our children or we are judging them. And the wonderful thing about that is when we can learn to love them, it always feels good because love is a reward we give ourselves that we're, you know, and part of it is the Savior has asked us to love everyone. He didn't give any qualifications. Okay. And he asked us to not judge anybody. So I kind of call it, 
I just need to stay out of God's business. And I just need to stay in my business. And yes, there may be some things. I'm not going to tell a parent how they should act around their children or to be around them. That's something you have to decide how how you want to show up as a loving person. But when we were raising our kids, we were we were helping them survive. I mean, literally survive when they were quite young. And we're trying to help them learn how to survive as they become an adult, or we're trying to help them become a responsible adult. We, I raised my kids in the church because if I die and find out this church isn't true, but I like to say, I know that I know this church is true. That's different than saying this is the true church. But you you can't take that feeling away from me that I know, I know this is the true church. So if I find out it's not true, I'll say, but I couldn't think of a happier, better way to get through this life. And what I couldn't think of a better resource knowing, believing, we'll just say believing, that there was a Savior that paid for my sins and that I have a Heavenly Father who is a resource to comfort and guide me in times of hard time. So, you know, I have... I have these five wonderful children. I get pretty emotional when I talk about them. Not for things, and I'll share some of those things that were quite unexpected and difficult to deal with. But why I I weep that for some reason I was able to have these five particular spirits come to my home that I could guide the best I knew how. And like all the rest of us, I think we all do a good job. But the first time our kids do something wrong, we want to blame ourselves that we didn't teach them something. And what I say, was there ever a day you got up and said, I'm just going to be a terrible mother today. In fact, I'm going to try to gear them in the wrong direction. No. And you know what? We we didn't give any thought to it, but we just got up and did the best we know how. And I think we did our best because that's how we raised our kids. And so I'll tell you some, get into my story about what you really want to hear. 
I I have a child, and I can remember it was a daughter. I can remember talking to her. It's funny. I was a convert in their church, but when their dad would go out of town, for some reason, I would take on this nobleness that I had to be sure and teach them intentionally some things. So I can remember saying, talking to him about having a goal of having a temple marriage. And this one daughter said, Mom, you're going to have to keep reminding me. And I said, I know. And I will. So it was this daughter. And let me tell you, she does have a temple marriage and a wonderful family. But she was dating a young man in high school that was not a member of the church. And then they went to separate colleges. And um, it ended up that um, he actually was going to be baptized. It was a Thanksgiving. I can't remember what year. And the night before Thanksgiving, he was going to be baptized the day after Thanksgiving. That They came to us and said that she was pregnant. And so, um, my, my husband, who he was never very good at making sure the kids did their homework. But when things got tough, he knew exactly what to say. And he's a man of few words. I remember somebody telling me once, when we make a mistake, we don't have to tell somebody they made a mistake. They know that. We don't have to rub that in their face. So he went and he, he after reading what the first presidency advises, and that was that if possible, you get married. If not, you place those children or that child for adoption. And so that's always said. And my husband did say, there, there, there's probably a 90% chance that they'll you know, or there's a 100% chance that if you place them for adoption, because you had to adopt them when through the church, that they'll be raised by a mother and a father. And they'll provide, be perhaps provided opportunities in their life that they wouldn't be provided otherwise. And if you decide, decide to... Um, keep that baby, then um, the the percentage of them being sealed to somebody goes down because he said, I suppose you're going to get married, but whether you get sealed or not. And, um, and so I, you know, I find it interesting. I don't know exactly the policy now, but the policy of the church 
at that time was if um, a baby was not sealed, as in if my daughter just kept this baby and she never married, that on the records it would say do not seal to the mother. Now, I also believe God is merciful and just, and that's one of those things that's God's business. So, but the important part was we supported our daughter with whatever decision she was going to make. And so she decided she could tell this young man, which was another grieving process, he wasn't interested in getting married, much less becoming a father. So they did not get married. And so I can remember she was about five months pregnant, and somebody came to me at church and said, Oh, we just admire you so much for how you are supporting your daughter and loving her. I hope I can do the same if that ever happens to me. And my response was, my daughter needs me more now than any other time probably she'll ever need me in her whole life. You know, I I look back and I go, why was it so easy for us to love her? Uh, I don't know. I just didn't. I would. I think it was a gift. I wasn't embarrassed. I just, I just wanted to support her, and and so that. We did. And those girls now are 22 years old, those twins. And things didn't work out with that adopted family. Mom kind of went off the path. Dad is still very active. We're close with dad. And we're, we just treat them like our our grandchildren, and I think it's because of all the love and support and the non-judgment that things worked out as well as they did. So that was in November when she told us, and then in April, our son, he served a mission in Ukraine, right where the war is right now, which is really kind of sad for him. And he came and he he told us he was dealing with same-sex attraction. I remember when somebody was talking about a child they had that had autism, and I think it's the way we label these people that also shows our love. Instead of saying, I have an autistic child, she says, I have a child that's dealing with autism. So I say, if it comes up, 
I have a son who deals with same-sex attraction. And so my my son, at that time, he was going to BYU. And this was a number of years ago when it wasn't nearly accepted and you couldn't talk about it. And we were very supportive. And he said, all of my gay friends, mom, are so jealous of me because the majority of their parents have said, you're not allowed to come home if this is the lifestyle you're going to live. So, you know, my son was in and out of the church and he's presently out and he he presently has a partner. Now, I'm emotional not because he has a partner, because, but because I love his partner. In fact, my husband said to his partner the other day, thank you for coming into my son's life. We're not thanking him for the sin or the transgression that's going on, but thank you for making my son happy. If if any of you wonder about that, go listen to Brother Osler's podcast to really find out what these people need. And more than anything, they need love and support. They don't need our judgment. We don't have control over changing anybody, but we do have control over how we, if we either judge them or love them. And again, I'm not condoning the transgressions that are probably going on. But when I choose to love them, I feel whole. I feel complete. I feel warm. And as time passed, time is a great resource and healer. And I've only been able to do this because of the atonement, the enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. I don't give any attention to these two men having same-sex attraction. I just focus on all the good things they are doing. And my husband and I feel we, we cannot keep up with all the good things our son in particular does in living a Christ-like life. This is only part of him. But he is this whole other person. And and my prayers are that he will feel our love, but he will also feel 
Heavenly Father's love. So there's kind of reason for him to be inactive. My other son that is inactive, I like to say he's wandering. <laughs> he's just wandering. He's just trying to figure life out. I, I'm not going to give up on him. Of my five kids, I really feel this is the one that's going to take care of me in my old age. And he has expressed that to me. So he gets the best Christmas present every year. I say that jokingly. But you know what? There is so much goodness. President Nelson said, joy comes not from the circumstances in our lives, but what we choose to focus on. I'm paraphrasing that. So, and it, there came a time for him to go on a mission, and it turned out he was, he was not worthy to go. And he tried to stay active in the church. But then he, he fell in love, and he's married to a wonderful, Christ-like woman. And, and so, it's, it's what I choose to see in my children. It's what I choose to think about their lives and how they're conducting them that makes me feel a certain way. I, I learned that from my, my coach training that, and, you know, there's all sorts of people and you can find scriptures and I can find it in just about every conference talk is it's our thoughts that cause us to feel a certain way. And when we feel a certain way, as in love, that's what causes us to show up as a kind, loving person that I think most followers of Jesus Christ really want to do. And so when we get into judgment, Judgment is painful, so we're actually causing our own pain. It's not our children and their actions, but it's, it's what we're choosing to focus on. And for me and my life, I just want to feel good. I think all of us basically just want to feel good. We just want to be able to put our head down on our pillow at night and feel calm and peace. But because we're human, we can't always manage our thought to the degree that will cause us to feel that. But then we can focus focus on this is all going to work out 
what what is my responsibility? I feel when we became parents of adult children, we our responsibility was not to make sure they were using their spending their money appropriately or not doing certain things that you know we just can't control them it's out of our control a lot of you probably remember this statement by president irene it said he just went he just said another apostle and he said i'm worried about some people in my family and members of my family and where they're going to go where they're going to end up. I forget how he worded it better in the next life. And this apostle told him, Henry, you're worrying about the wrong thing. He said, you just work on yourself. You just work on doing those things that will qualify you to return to your father. Now, this was the best part. And things will work out better than you ever could have imagined. And that is what I am banking on. That this is, I got to stay in my business. You know how easy it is to listen to conference talks and say, ooh, I hope my child's listening to this. No, we need to be thinking, what am I supposed to be getting out of this talk? What am I supposed to be listening to? We just need to love those kids. And as often as we can, tell them that we think they are great and wonderful. We don't have to worry about the, the rest. So, yes, I, I had another thing. I, I can't even, I just can't publicly talk about it out of respect to the family. But there was another thing that was devastating. And I, as I was telling Richard earlier, I really feel I won't go to hell because I've already been there. And then we had um, a daughter recently get a divorce. So none of those things are fun. None of them are expected. But adversity does bring blessings. And I, they're in not too far from us in Moscow, Idaho, maybe many of you heard about the killing that went on at the University of Idaho. And they, um, they caught this man. And when they had him on arraignment, I think, where, where, where was he? Pennsylvania, before they brought him back here. And they said, 
his mother was in the audience and she wept. Yes, I hurt and I mourn for those parents who lost those children. But I have to be honest, I mourn more for the mother of the man who committed the murders. But time helps taking a different focus. I I believe that our Heavenly Father still loves that murderer. And he'll take care of it. And it doesn't mean we be around him. It doesn't mean we don't protect ourselves. It doesn't mean that we're not careful. It doesn't mean that we you know, fight for whatever political changes we feel need to to take place. But at some point, I have compassion. I don't think he's mentally well to do something. So first I go to curiosity, then I go to compassion. And I always go back to the scripture, maybe not in this case. I'm thinking about one client I had, all of her kids left the church. And not only did they leave the church, but they were mocking her for still believing it and belittling her for how could you still believe this? So a new thought. I offered to her, paraphrasing, which someone mightier than any of us once said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Again, it's only the enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ that allow us to forgive people that don't deserve to even be forgiven. So my business, I have a passion to help women stop hurting in their relationships with their adult children. Doesn't mean you condone them, their behavior. But you do it by choosing love. And I always ask them, what would love do? And that's almost to me the same as saying, what would the Savior do? And it's a process and it takes time. And maybe it doesn't come as quickly to some as it does to me. But with everything going on in my family, we are close and, and my kids love each other and they just accept them for who they are. And that's my story, Richard. <laughs> I've, I, on behalf of our listeners, Bonnie, this was um really powerful 
you tell a really good story. You have a pace about speaking that is very thoughtful. You have, um, you've been on this road a while. I, I, you're a really mature human being and mother and grandmother and I spiritually mature, emotionally mature, and have done a lot of work um, to be in a really good spot. And you're able now to help others that are looking for, you know, real life stories of someone that's walked this road. Listeners, I wrote down, and maybe you wrote down things, maybe you're driving and you can't write, which is probably good you're not writing, but I'm sitting <laughs> with a notepad and I wrote, these are the things I wrote down, listeners. Um, you started with, I was never accepted by my parents as I joined the church. And the pain of that, of your your agency to join the church is your adult children, some left the church and you decided, and that's where each, I like the idea that each generation does a little bit better. And you took that learning experience and said, I'm, I'm going to honor my kids and in their individual journeys, just like I wish perhaps my parents had. Um, the next thing I wrote down listeners is your, your husband's comment about your son who's um, gay and his partner. Thank you for coming into my son's life and making my son happy. And I love the way you talked about it. doesn't mean we don't teach church teachings. We just recognize that this is a good thing for your son. And I don't think saying those positive things about a relationship is against church teachings or causes your son to... I don't know. I just think your love and that kind of a comment from both of you help your son make further good decisions, however that may work. The next thing I wrote down, when I choose to love them, I feel whole and complete. Listeners, no one's ever said that comment in 600 plus episodes. Um, I've never, I've, I love the doctrine of loving people, but you then talked about how that makes you better. Um, makes you feel more whole and complete. And I love that. Um, the next thing I loved was your quote about President Nelson about joy. That was a terrific one. Then the next thing I loved is your comment. It's kind of a sister comment to the one before President Nelson. Judgment is painful. Um, we cause our own pain. And I think one of the themes of this podcast is loving helps us feel better and judgment causes us pain. And then you've worried, you've kind of weaved in this line, that's God's business. And why would I want to get in the middle of God's business? He's, that's our doctrine. Christ is our ultimate judge. And stepping out of that space doesn't mean we're condoning or we don't stand for church teachings. And I think what you're saying, it's relieving just to love. My job is to love. In fact, there's an Ensign article, listeners, that I love. You love, he saves. And it's just um, very consistent with Bonnie's sharing. Um, that's, those are my favorite things I wrote down. Um, this is just a beautiful family love story. And Bonnie, I hope you are a unique guest. I have had a lot of wonderful mothers, some fathers, but more mothers on the podcast that are active LDS that have adult children that have chosen different paths and 
They are some of the most spiritually mature people I know because they've had to take this theoretical gospel that we grew up in and, and apply it in these difficult situations. And when they do it, they find peace. And it, the peace isn't all their kids came back to the church. The peace is where you're at. And the love, it's you've got a beautiful family love story. And I like to quote Apollo 13 sometimes in this podcast where Gene Kratz said, you know, somebody on the space mission when the Apollo 13 was going down, I said, this is terrible. And he said, excuse me, sir, I think this is our finest moment. And I think this is, I think this is your family's finest moment. And there is no Apollo 13 crashing, but it's turned out different than you thought it would. And your husband, you mentioned you're married 50 years, so you've at least got to be what I said you were. (laughs) But I think it's just a beautiful family love story. And I love that you have hope that everything that you and your husband hoped for in the first part of your marriage when you had young kids, and even now you've got kids off the covenant path, I sense your hope is still there. Um, And you don't have empty chairs, um, this empty chairs mentality that, oh no, what happened to my eternal family? And that takes work listeners that life coaches like Bonnie and the atonement can help us with is you grieve and there's pain and there's anger. And I like the way you said that to God, because it's his plan. I think he can handle some anger from us at times, but then you found peace. And the part of the atonement, you mentioned that a couple of times is, the atonement obviously can take away sin, but this other part of the atonement is finding peace um, with the realities of our situation. And even if mortality is never going to look like we thought it might look at some time, that we still find peace and recognize this is part of his plan. And I'm going to find peace in this plan. So if I could reach through the Zoom and give you a big hug, Bonnie, I would. <laughs> and you don't like to be praised like this because you, like all of us, aren't perfect, but... I've listened to a lot of stories, and you are really thoughtful and gospel principle-based, and you've worked probably a lot of hard work to get to where you are, but I think it's your finest family moment where you are right now, and there's probably still difficult things and maybe more difficult things, but I think you've also created a family culture that because of the love you and your husband show for your children, I think that forever changes the trajectory of your family Um, because of the principle that you've in real life situations for all of your children as they're raising children, these 14 grandchildren. Yeah. And they'll make, they're not going to be perfect parents, but I think you've taught them principles that are scalable into their marriages and their, and their future, your future posterity. And so the work you and your husband have done to, I think is, generationally positive. That's a made-up word, listeners. Um, And you'll see some of that on the other side of the veil in 40 years when you're 110 and you leave or something. I don't know. Um, I just don't want to infer that you're close to leaving because I've got a great life ahead of you, I hope. So I'm going to turn it. Listeners, in the show notes, I want to link to three things. I'm going to link to BonnieLyman.com, B-O-N-N-I-E, Lyman, you probably can spell, .com. I'm going to link to a Facebook group called Bridges. I've mentioned it before, but it's a Facebook group of active LDS parents that have adult children that have stepped away. And there's about 2,000 in that group. And there's some really, um, there's a lot of community there and some people like Bonnie that are in that group giving 
perspective to people that are new to that group that I think is really needed. I'm also going to link to this Leah Hona article. I guess we call it the Leah Hona now. Um, you love, he saves, and it's just what exactly what Bonnie's teaching us in this podcast. But now I'll turn it back to you. That's all I'm going to say, except the final sent closing. So I'll turn it to you, Bonnie, for anything else you want to talk about. Um, or I had a thought in it. <laughs> Don't you hate that? It, it, it left me. It was a really good thought too, but, um, I, I think all of this is, you know, a layering process or our belief in the enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And when this was all happening to us, you know, why, um, I, I had one friend that her son came and told her he was dealing with same sex attraction. And she said, I had to go to bed for three days. And I don't judge her for that. I don't fault her for that. We all handle things in different ways but um you know i i look back and i go why 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 didn't i just completely fall apart or think why me or what did i do or what whatever and i think it's a layering of practicing I'm going to say what the prophet, you know, has told us to do, what we've been monished to do. And it's, it's reading our scriptures, it's praying, it's going to church, but it's even outside of that. You know, I like the simple little phrase, do good, be good. And that's what strengthens our character that enables us plus the desire you know to want to choose love and i can remember once um when we were serving in africa president bednar came quite often to south africa and so we would get devotionals from him that weren't privy to the whole world but just our area because that's where our area was. And he said, when we say our prayers, it's not, you know, will, will you help? Will, will you help my son gain a testimony? Will you help my son come back to church? But it's more, will you help me know what, I need to be doing that makes it easier for him to return or however you want to say it. But when we put it on him, we sit back and then there's people that say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. My son hasn't come back to church. But when he puts it on me, then it's like, okay, um, I need a little more help, 
you know, because I tried a couple of things that didn't work. What else? What else do you have to give me that I can try? You know, and and so, but then it becomes a priority, you know. Of I'm thinking all the time. One time I, I read the Book of Mormon with the intent of what is going to teach me that I can do to be an influence in my children's life. And I think this was the thing I wanted to end with. We don't have control over our children and our actions, but I do think we can influence them by that. Just knowing my mother, my father never gave up on me. Or I like to say, because people throw out the scripture, train up a child in the way he shall go, and he shall never depart. Well, we feel like we did those things, but they departed. And there's a a brother, Grimley. I think that, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he said, the epidemic of despair of parents of adult children in the church is their unwillingness to wait. We want it now. And so I think we can influence, and it goes back to that scripture, teach them the way they should go and they will not depart. I feel like it's my opportunity now to firsthand show them how a person that loves another person unconditionally acts toward that person. And they, they can't deny that. If, if I show up as love, no matter what they're doing, I mean, it, it may even be something where you just can't be around them. But there's other ways of connecting and loving them. But they're going to get firsthand experience of being around a person that unconditionally loves them. And I do think that will have an influence over them. Thank you, Bonnie. On behalf of all our listeners, um, thank you, Bonnie Lyman. And if any of your family's listening by chance, you are an awesome family. Some of you are in, some of you are not, but I think it's a beautiful family. And and if your son's listening who served in Ukraine, thank you for your service to, um, and the good man that you are. And so this is Richard Osler and Bonnie Lyman um, signing off another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love and just a soft invitation to act on the one or two impressions you felt as Bonnie was sharing her thoughts. Sometimes impressions come to her mind, and I encourage you to act on those impressions. Thank you for listening. <laughs>